Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hello. Hola. Bonjour. <laughs> Guten Tag. Hello. Welcome in. We're back and we're just so excited to be here as usual. We are. We're delighted. I do have to apologize a bit in advance if you guys hear like tons of kids screaming in the background. It's summer again in Berlin with no AC, so my windows are open and it's loud. Sorry. And Sarah has adopted five children. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> I have given birth to five kids last year. Sorry, guys. Whoa. Sorry. sorry. That is magical. You're like that lady. What what was her name? Kate Gosland. John and Kate plus eight. Woof. Oh, yeah, that's true. No, it was from Celestial Jesus. I'm like Mary. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You were getting busy with Celestial Jesus then. That's five in one year. Oh, my God. Well, listeners, we are so beyond thrilled today because we have... A very special guest, and we don't have any announcements, so we're going to just get right into it. Literally right into it. And you guys, we, we gave a little teaser yesterday, or not yesterday, what day is it? <laughs> Where <laughs> am I? Who am I? <laughs> oh, God. In our last episode, we mentioned that a very special guest would be on the show today, and it is the first guy ex-mormon we've had on the show in the history of not so molly mormon history the first dude that is ex-mormon and also he's basically an honorary co-host of the show because we just love him so much and we want to give a big welcome to jake hi hi jake hi (laughs) i was trying so hard not to be like I was giggling in the background. I don't know. Your intro was killing me. Just imagining all of Sarah's little gremlin children running around. (laughs) Well, the John and Kate plus eight, woof. God, she was the worst. Anyway, you guys, Jake is... He's like, we're his biggest fan. He is one of the, (laughs) he's like our biggest defender on Instagram, I think. We're our warrior, our personal warrior. He's a troll slayer. A troll slayer. It's so true. Like sometimes and recently if I'm like exhausted and I just can't deal with that, I'm like, you know, I'm going to leave it alone. Jake will be on a little bit. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) He'll deal with it. It takes so much stress off our shoulders, and it's just <laughs> hilarious, also wildly intelligent and amazing, and he's going to tell us a story today, which I I know a little bit about, just because, like, I know, well, I don't technically, oh, whatever, I know you, it's fine. Oh, because <laughs> you follow him on Instagram, and I don't, Katie, is that? Yeah. That, was not, that was your bad, so. That's because you got blocked, Sarah. I yep. know, Remember, you guys. so. I had extreme FOMO before we started recording. <laughs> but he's like, oh, looks like you had a great time in Florida. And I'm like, bitch, how do you know you went to Florida? <laughs> Why do I not know this? And then I'm like, oh, I don't follow you on Instagram. I'm a horrible human being. Sorry, Jake. It's okay. No, I basically know everything about you, Sarah, but apparently it doesn't go with this. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just a terrible person, Jake. Now I follow you, and I'm, I'm already obsessed with all your photos. So I can't wait for all the new material. 
Please um, travel more and uh, show us more of your booty. Thanks. I was going to say, disclaimer, um, if you don't like booty, then don't follow me. <laughs> booty, like you're not fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so uh, I guess wherever you want to start, Jake, just jump right in. We want to hear oh, your story and, uh, yeah, the perspective from, like, the male perspective and also, I guess, uh, spoiler alert, Jake's gay, so there's Totes also gay. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that also, it's Pride Month, so this Pride is month. right. It works out perfect. <laughs> so there's gonna it's be gay Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> We're just not actually. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, like this is also a gay reference, like a very, um, you know, sound of music when she's like. Let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. I would sing it, but that's, you know, you don't want to hear that. So. <laughs> Please do. You hear us singing every week. I will not subject anybody to that. I sing in the shower and in the car, and that is it. <laughs> oh, and karaoke when I'm drunk. So, yeah. <laughs> well, what's your go-to karaoke song? So I'm a huge Stevie Nicks fan, and so <gasps> I'll sing uh, Edge of Seventeen or... Um, What's the other one? Stand back. Yeah, those are. Or any Fleetwood Mac, like down. Mm. Wow, that's classy. Katie, what is yours? (laughs) Honestly, you guys, I've never done karaoke because I'm far too shy. Even when I, even when I'm drunk. Even when you're drunk? Yeah, I don't think I. You gotta get that tequila and just do it. I think we all need to meet up in the future, (laughs) and you guys can get me to do karaoke. I'll I'll do karaoke of primary children's songs. Perfect. (laughs) Yes, please sing that Mother's Day song where they're they're talking about lilacs in the field and. Oh, why are you? Oh, God. Sarah, what's your song? Well, I'm not that classy, and it's actually a horrible person, but I love this song. (laughs) I always rap R. Kelly's Ignition. No! Oh, yes. Fuck yes. (laughs) It's hot and fresh in the kitchen. kitchen. It's my oh, no. <laughs> oh man. Karaoke party in 2022, you guys. I am completely unsurprised by that, Sarah. Sarah, just song. I love it. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Tell us the things we are dying to know. I I feel like we're going to have so many questions. We're so excited. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, (laughs) I think I've told everyone in my surrounding about this episode. And even Greg was like, oh, is this? Is this episode with Jake with the guy, right? He's he's the first ex Mormon guy that you've had on the show. And I was like, Yes. That's <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am making not Somali Mormon podcast history right now. You are. <laughs> I feel so honored. <laughs> you feel honored. Stop it. Uh let's see. So um I guess I can just start with I mean I grew up in Utah, like in a small, very, very small town called Roosevelt. I don't know if anybody Oh my god. <gasps> I Bernal. know Roosevelt. Really? I know Roosevelt, yeah. Uh-huh. Sarah knows Roosevelt too? I do. Yep. How? How's that even I know it from I used to work in an HVAC company. Um uh, and yeah. we had to send like dispatch like 
that was the 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 most out of range area that we uh, yeah that to. sounds about right <laughs> yeah. um, so I remember getting a like a few calls that were out there and the technicians always complaining because it's like out in the middle of nowhere type thing literally middle of nowhere is kind of weird like I've been back since like uh, a couple of years ago for like a family reunion because I still have a lot of family there and they and I was just like nothing's changed but a lot has changed i'm like oh they have a new gas station i don't remember that but that's it like i'm just like everything else i'm like yep this feels like i'm like 10 years old again going through this town i'm like this is kind of disgusting i just, I just looked up the population it's only seven thousand. that's very small no, really yeah. yeah well when i was there it was probably around uh four thousand yeah so I, I guess it's growing <laughs> but it's <laughs> I, need, I feel like I need to look at it on a map though to get my bearings straight. Is it is it anywhere it's, close to Eagle Mountain? Is that something? That, mm, no, it's, it's more north. Yeah. It's um, it's like so you know Green River, like in Colorado, and um, is that what? No, that's Wyoming. Green. It's like so. It's borders right by like Colorado and Wyoming. Like it's like in that little like hook area up yeah. in the. I don't, yeah. It's eastern Utah, but like oh. not up. Oh, not yeah. way up like north like Logan. It's like east. down. Yeah, far east from like Provo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at a map now. Sorry, I I really want to get into your story, but I'm also a selfish bitch and I want to talk about Real <laughs> Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I will not stop. You guys, we're gonna have to do an episode on it. Oh, for yeah. sure. Jake, have you watched it? No, I need to. I've heard oh some stories God. about it. God, you and Katie have to watch it. It's literally, I binged it the first season in a day. Oh, oh really? Two days. Wow. Two days. Yeah. All right. I will it get on that. It Utah perfectly, like in every aspect. It's so good. <laughs> anyway, okay. So much okay. good material. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I grew up in little town, Utah. Um, I had two older sisters. Um, Basically, let's see. Um, I'm not gonna bore you with like all the. So, like in fifth grade, I just started noticing like I was like I had a crush on this boy, and I was like, but I didn't know it was a crush, you know, at the time, and I was just yeah. like, oh, it's fine. Everything, you know, he's just my best friend, you know. Yeah. And then, um, and we, uh, I also hung out with these two girls. Um, Ty and Chantel and they were my best friends and we were just like did all these stuff together we did the dare program and we had like this commercial thing that we did and I still remember that like it was very ours was the most elaborate one and you know and it's like um and I just like looking back I'm like I've always been like just kind of hung out with two girls at the time. like I I befriend these like two girls that are like um and I just attach myself to them but then um I'll I'll bring that up later, but like, um, wait, 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 do, so basically Ty and Chantel are now Katie and Sarah. Is that right? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then there was, because of that, like I got, um, that was kind of when I first started got, getting bullied by, um, there was this guy, Cody. I was anyway, what? maybe I shouldn't do, dro- maybe I shouldn't be dropping names, but whatever. No, you should, um, <laughs> that's right <laughs> um but he was the first person to call me a faggot i hate that word oh. but yes he um he like had me in a headlock called me a faggot and then oh, like God. um i know this is yeah but um 
And then, like, it got worse through, like, 7th and 8th grade. Like, I don't even know. Like, I feel like I was just kind of, like, this normal kid. And I just kind of, like, went through, like, I was nice to everybody. And so, like, they thought this, I don't know. I just, I tried to do no harm kind of thing. And I still got, yeah. like, bullied a lot. Like, especially in PT, P, PE. Um, and, like. Uh, yeah, kids are such assholes. Yeah, kids are yeah. so cruel. Like, for no reason. It's just. Truly. However, um, I've looked them up, like, all these bullies on, like, social media lately, and I'm like, oh, you're a meth head now. That, that makes sense. And <laughs> I feel much better. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not always about looks, but also, like, I can guarantee that you have them, like, schooled. <laughs> so that's kind of yeah. nice. <laughs> so satisfying, though. And I know that some listeners are going to be like, Sarah's a petty bitch. But, like, when you do go back and look at people from high school who are, like, total assholes and just horrible, and you're like, hmm, my life's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, the one, for sure, I know. So my my parents are friends with his parents, and um, they – I remember getting a letter like after we had moved away and she would like gives us like Christmas letters every year. And it's been like 30 years, whatever. And um, she was talking about this guy that's my age. That's a bully. He was like bullied me in PE and he was, she's like, yeah, he um, lost all his teeth. He had to get all of them removed and he now wears dentures. And he was like in his twenties when that happened. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> karma is a bitch. You know, yep. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not a pretty look, friends. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's something that I just I know it it happens in every generation, but it really breaks my heart. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that because it's yeah. just it's so traumatizing, and it's something that even as an adult, it still affects you. Like it's something yeah. that you will always remember, and it's just so cruel and unnecessary. I don't I don't understand it, you know. And I'm glad yeah. I don't, but it's also just something. I wish would change, but I feel like we still have a long ways to go in terms of bullying. Yeah, oh, for sure. I feel like it's more an open conversation now. Like at least we yeah. can, I know when I was going to school, it just like, you didn't talk about being bullied. You just like right. kind of accepted it. It was just yeah. like, I had a PE teacher that was like literally right there that would, and he would, the bullying would happen in front of him and he did nothing. So I just, I don't know. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Awful. Anyway, this wasn't meant to be a pity party, but um, no. <laughs> I'm just glad that you're being really vulnerable, and yeah. I, I mean that sincerely. Like, I think it's really amazing that you are being vulnerable and talking about th- like you're being very candid. You're not shying away from these details, and I'm sure it many listeners are going to resonate on so many levels after listening to this. So, thank you, because yeah. I know it's not an easy thing to talk about. Yeah, that's my hope. Um, but it got better. Like I moved to my family moved to Idaho when I was a junior in high school, and um, they got better in Idaho. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That says a lot about Roosevelt, Utah. That paints the picture. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I finally was like, I don't know. I became. They called me the new guy, and like they were. Um, I was. Um, sorry, my computer did something weird. Um. But I, like, I was in seminary, did all that stuff, and then they, my, I got into a group with, like, cross-country runners, and, um, I found a kind of a niche, and then, uh, one of my 
best friends. Her name is Brooke. And actually, there's another pair of girls that I became friends with was Brooke and Sherry. And um, Sherry, but you're all <laughs> Katie and Sarah. That's right. <laughs> um, but they, uh, Brooke would always call me Peter Priesthood. So I thought that was funny because, like, <laughs> Molly Mormon and she, yeah. Yes, so. <laughs> on Molly Mormon, but not so. <laughs> not so, not so Peter Priest anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, a podcast called Not So Peter Priesthood. I should. <laughs> oh, <fuck> you. <laughs> um, I actually had an idea for a podcast title called, and it came to Yas. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, maybe. <laughs> um, but then, I don't know. So and I did, like, I can remember doing, like, testimony meeting in seminary and, like, what was it? And it was like you kind of had to be forced to take to bear your testimony in seminary. Like, they went oh, down the yeah. rows. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had that experience. But, like, yeah, because yeah, it was just you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was right? Sarah, yeah. <laughs> Sarah you, do you want to bear your testimony right now? <laughs> but um, and I remember, like, so my sister, my old older sister, she was in um, my seminary class with me. Um, and I found out later, like, she was a senior, and I found out later that my mom was, like, because she could have finished school in Utah, but she, my mom made her come up with us because she didn't want me to go to school alone, like, because of my experience but anyway but so she there's resentment there but whatever anyway um but she was in my seminary class with me and uh, like I went up to bear my testimony and for some stupid reason I still have no idea what happened but like I started crying like and I know (laughs) but like not just like tears but like sobs and I like laid my head on the desk and I don't even know what I was saying and then I ran out of the room I don't even know what I did like I ran out of the room and I'm just like looking back on it I was like what the fuck was that <laughs> like what just what happened you know, and then I, I had something like that happen like I've cried like those almost like sobby cries in like a church yeah. setting before because and I thought I told myself at the time that it was the spirit but I think I was just overwhelmed by not only pressure to like do that. And then I was kind of like nervous, but then you just see all these people looking at you and it's like almost like a mini kind of panic attack thing, yeah. but with like tears. So I, I think I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, um, yeah, like you said, they make it sound like, oh, it's the spirit. You're feeling yeah. the spirit really strongly. So that's why you, and you're so overwhelmed with it. No, it's my social anxiety right. that you forced yeah. me to stand in front of these people. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, um, Actually, though, sorry, that isn't that, I was thinking about that the other day, like another level of, uh, or another way that the church like traumatizes people is that it expects members to give these talks in front of a large group of people and yeah some people don't get nervous in front of public speaking but a lot of people do and it's horrifying because they ask you and it's not like you can say no because then it's like god has spoken to me and told me that you should give a lesson on how to be a mother and it's like thanks bishop i'm 12 but I <laughs> you know right. like, and right. it's traumatizing like i know because my mom was just telling me the other day about how she had to give a talk in church and she hates public speaking. Like she gets so nervous and like anytime she has to give a talk and it's like, you know, a branch of like four people. So they just cycle through every single week, you know? 
And I feel so bad for her. I'm like, it, I know she has anxiety from it, but they just, I don't know. I think that that's just another layer of how the church is, yeah, traumatized. Because some sure. of those, like, especially if you mess up, like, I remember, like, totally yeah. just losing my line, like, losing my spot on my talk and messing up and being like, oh, my God, I'm a failure. It's mortifying as a kid, oh, yeah. for sure. Speaking of that, Jake, did you... um? like ever bless the sacrament as a teenager yes i did um i was gonna get into that so that's oh, what sorry. like with, no you're good because like um i was like oh i didn't talk about the priesthood it was peter priesthood but like i can remember getting the like passing the sacrament and like it was always like it was very we had like um six deacons so you would have any you'd have your number when you were passing the sacrament so you'd like one and three go to these rows <laughs> two and four go to these rows you know and like you knew well, exactly do it i always yeah. wonder <laughs> yeah it's very i mean very organized and i get it but i was like there was i can't remember which one but there were a couple of them that you didn't want to get so you'd always like want to be the first one to like pick your number kind of thing and it depended on where you sat too so like you had to sit in the that spot in order to get claim your number and so just such like weird things like that i'm like looking back on it, i'm like that's so just oh. like, weird it's so <laughs> weird but it's so fascinating because i never knew any of these things these were always questions in my head as a person, like yeah. how do they know so for listeners who didn't grow up in the church like i can visually see this instantly in my head but there's a, a row in the front of the church of the chapel and it's usually the right side and then there's like the stage or whatever the platform where like the bishopric sits and the chorister and the secretary i think it's a secretary right who, not secretary, yeah. the, the ward clerk, yeah. The war, yeah, the ward clerk. clerk. Yeah, mm -hmm. treasurer. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, like, in this first row is what Jake is talking about, deacons, right? Which are these, like, what age is it? They're like 12, 12 and 13. 12 and 13 and they pass the sacrament so then you have the peep the the two priesthood holders who bless the sacrament and then these like young boys who go up to the front and like get these trays of bread and water and then as jake is saying they're always like paired with the row so you like pass down the tray and then the mm -hmm. other deacon picks it up and then they go to another row but you back never do like yeah, and back and forth, and I remember, like, always sitting there, just being like, how do they know? Like, what is the structure? <laughs> oh, it's, it's all so organized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's so fascinating. So, you got the priesthood at 12? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did all that. And, um, I mean, I was baptized at eight. I did, I, should, I guess I should mention, like, my family's, like, true blue Mormon. Like, they've been um, ancestors or Mormon. I think, like kind of remember my dad saying that my like one of my ancestors was like joseph smith's bodyguard or something like oh, i don't know that's like heather gay's family from real housewives of salt lake city oh my god oh really so we're yeah. related you're yeah. you're obsessed <laughs> <laughs> her tagline it talks about pioneers and how she's forging the way but anyway <laughs> Um, yeah, and I was baptized at eight, did the, I can, I barely remember my baptism, because I mean, you're a baby when it happens, but, um, then I got my priesthood at 12, and then, um. Wait, can I ask you this? Yeah. 
there? Sorry, like, what does that even mean? Like, how how do you get the priesthood at 12? Are there, like, lessons that you have to go through? No, you basically, you just, I think there was an interview process. Like, you get interviewed by the bishop, and then you, like, everything else. And then they say, okay, we're going to ordain you as as a deacon. And then um, my dad ordained me, like, with the laying on of hands. Like, they do, like, the creepy thing. And then... um, and then you're suddenly just a deacon, you know, like it just kind of happens. Yeah, and then suddenly you have to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have to do uh, fast offerings too, as a deacon, like you have to run around and ask for money all awkwardly. Like, Hey, oh my God, what? I would just, yeah, as a kid. And so I would like knock on the door and I would just have this envelope and I really wouldn't even say anything. Cause it's just like, you have this envelope and they know you're coming. So they're just yeah. like, and you go on every fast Sunday, and it's either before church or after church, depending. And um, really, thank God we lived in the country, because like folks aren't gonna drive thirty minutes to <laughs> ask for a fast offering. So that's yeah. Awesome. But the um, let's see, and then at fourteen you become a teacher, and that's all you do. From what I remember, as a teacher, is you're just kind of like this in between, and you can still pass the sacrament up, like everything. Once you get your deacon, everything you have still like you just kind of you keep those responsibilities, but you just gain more as you get older. So at 14, you become a teacher, and all we did was like watch the doors, like during the sacrament, we would like <laughs> shut the doors and guard them That's because. Thing. Oh my God, I totally yeah. forgot about that. So again, <laughs> listeners who grew up non Mormon, so like whenever non-Mormon who grew up yeah that's right god (laughs) Monday you guys it's a struggle bus um they would like so when when the sacrament started they would shut the doors to the chapel and like if you went outside before that like you couldn't enter again so they had like what Jake is saying these guys out there like blocking the door so you couldn't go in and then whenever the sacrament is done they like open the door and you're allowed to enter again yeah well, and you can, you know, they're also like the deacon would come up to the teacher and um, the teacher is supposed to check to see if anybody is outside that needs the sacrament that's waiting for it. So you can go oh. out. So the deacon can go outside and give it to the person, but they don't want people walking in during it. I don't know. It's that's weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of sounds like, like a cult. I don't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> weird, huh? <laughs> is Mormonism a cult? I don't know. I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> And then, I love that, like, um, sorry that when I was talking about this episode before with Greg, and I was like, "Yeah, he is like he he had the priesthood," and Greg was like, "Which what is the priesthood again?" And I was like explaining, he goes, "Oh right, like that dude in Murder Among Mormons who like brought out oh, the yeah. oil and was like, I'm gonna bless yeah. you." Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can get I can talk about that a little bit too. Um, the um, <laughs> so after a teacher, you become a priest right and that's where you bless the sacrament um and so you have to do the rote um like it has to be word for word and the bishop has to approve it every time even if you miss a word if you say it wrong if you if you there's been times even if you stumble too much like if you're like um stuttering or something it'll make you say it again and so so, traumatizing i bet because i've been in meetings where i mean it was such a dick move but like the bishop would make like I remember this poor guy I felt so bad for him he kept like I think he had a stutter or like anxiety or something that would make him 
um, basically have a speech impediment just during mm-hmm. because of his nerves. And so a lot of that's triggered by nerves yes. and by stress. So exactly. like, of course it's going to be, yeah. Do you guys yeah. want to feel, tri- do you guys want to feel triggered really quick? Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> eternal father. We ask oh, you no. <laughs> to bless and sanctify this water to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto thee, O oh God, the eternal father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his spirit to be with them. Amen. <laughs> wow. Uh, that that was beautiful. No, I looked it up. I didn't have that memory. Oh, <laughs> well, I was mouthing along to it when you were saying that. I was like, yeah, it's still ingrained in my brain. So, yeah, yeah, ugh. so triggering. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, so, so listen, they, yeah. they have to do that. The, these young boys, they're like 16 years old. They have to kneel and say this prayer into a microphone that is broadcast through the whole chapel. And if they miss one word, or like Jake said, even slightly stumble, they have to redo it until they get it absolutely perfect. It's so bizarre and strange. And also, I think, pretty awful to do to a 16-year-old boy. I just, that's too much pressure. Yeah. Exactly. And like, like you were saying, it really depends on like the bishop because I've I've seen some that are like yeah whatever just let it pass but like I said I've seen like other ones that it was like five six seven times and you're just dying on the inside Ugh, you're like, yeah poor guy if like, you're embarrassed for them yeah yeah well then um also another note it's kind of weird is that like with the sacrament you have to pass it to the bishop he has to be the first person to take it (laughs) of the congregation and Uh like the deacons won't move until he got he gets it first so the uh, yeah it's weird and then it's like a cult you know (laughs) they claim that they don't quote unquote worship like anyone other than jesus but then they have these weird hierarchical structures where even in a ward they have someone who's like technically more important than everyone else, even mm. though they're supposedly all equal and they're not because the women don't even get the priesthood. I was just about to say, in case you guys no. haven't noticed, the women do not get the priesthood. That's why Katie and I are like, Well, and then um, it can be also if there's a stake president is in the, in, at the, like up there by the bishop, then you have to give it to him first because he presides over the bishop so he's like has more authority over him so of course you give it to it's whoever's that got the most authority yeah. or something that you yeah. give it to so that's so weird mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, I can't get over like the fast and testimony thing like that is so gross that they make you guys like these boys go and ask for money oh um, yeah the fast offerings yeah yeah the fast offerings oh it's so awkward and they sometimes they'll like they won't answer or they'll just like give you the money and like it's just like okay here and that it's like and also it puts a lot of trust in the kid because they oh yeah just like snatch that out of there <laughs> you know like for himself. yeah so listeners if you didn't know or didn't grow up mormon this is different from tithing this is um they make these young 12 and 13 year old boys go door to door in the ward and it's on fast Sunday, so you're supposed to give these boys the amount of money that you would have spent on the meals that you're fasting from that day. Mm-hmm. And um, then they take that money to the ward clerk or whatever. And that's just extra money that they get beyond your tithing. Which, as if the 10% isn't enough. It's as, fine. As but if, it's, they don't have $100 billion. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? 
Jesus. Celestial Jesus Christ. That is ridiculous. <laughs> it also takes up these boys, like, they're a whole, like, part of their afternoon. I mean, they can't really do anything yeah. else anyway on a Sunday, but it's just, like, asking so much of people all the time. Ugh. Yep. Okay, so you went through all of those steps of the priesthood. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's then... the Uranic priesthood, which is the... What they call it the Uranic priesthood, which is like the lesser priesthood, I guess, is what they call it. And then yeah. you get the Melchizedek priesthood, which is when you turn 19. Well, it, technically it's 18, so you can become an elder at 18. But then a lot of them wait until you're 19 to get to ordain you. And then so then you go to the go on your mission. And then, um, which doesn't make sense. Now, I guess the boys are going at 18. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, they're going. So I guess it makes more sense, but. Like when you get the priesthood in in these like um, uh, ordaining sessions, I guess, like, do you remember what they said? Like, is it like, oh, you're given the priesthood because of these certain reasons or like, you know how in your patriarchal blessing, it's like, oh, you're so special and God loves you. And that's why you, you have this, this, and this. Like, is it basically saying the blessings you get from the Kesedic priesthood? Also, there's a kid. So, in the back. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, let me see if I can. Like, are they them. dying out there? Or what's happening? <laughs> They're wailing. <laughs> <laughs> they also hate the priesthood. <laughs> same girl same <laughs> um let's see i'm trying to what so is it just what like your question? Of blessing they give you uh, that's what i'm imagining so uh, when you so both of the time like when you get the every time you move up you get like a a new ordination so it's like a you get there's words you have to say as when you're ordaining them. So like you say, I can't remember, I should have had this written up, but um, the, you have to say certain words to ordain them. And then you, and you're doing this in a circle and then, um, and then you can give like a blessing. Like you can say, and the spirit is, you know, God wants you to know this and God wants you to have this and all this stuff, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, it's, a lot of the same kind of shit, like the same, like you're going to have lots of children in the future or something, you know, like that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, that didn't happen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then, so every, like the big one is when you become an elder though, like that's when you get the Melchizedek priesthood. And so it's, um, and you're basically an elder until like, forever because you don't become a high priest until which is the next is the highest one in the Melchizedek priesthood there's only two and you um you get that when you're like made a bishop or you're like or you're just old (laughs) like you just I don't know if there's like an age when that happens but like usually it's like older like 50 and over or usually maybe 60 and over or like high priest so um I never made it to high priest as I, Damn it, Jake. I know I should have <laughs> should just held out for that high priest. Like, why didn't you hang around just for material for the podcast? I know, right? I should have been like, can I just be a high priest now? Like, let's, yeah, you like, know. can I just get it early? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, They'd be like, so wow, you're holy. So you got the Melchizedek priesthood. And I just wanted to like ask you this. When you were growing up, like as a young kid, were you like looking forward to getting the Melchizedek priesthood and going on a mission? Like, cause I know that's what they teach is like, that's the coolest thing. That's what all the boys should be wanting to do. But I think sometimes yep. boys don't want to, but they kind of pretend oh, like they want to because sure. it's the righteous thing to do. <laughs> Well, especially like growing up in Utah and Idaho where it's like, that's the, the culture, you know? And so like, they even talk about it in school like your friends are talking about it because they're all mormon too and so like um like there's that primary song that i hope they call me on a mission or whatever something like that and it's like hey i sang for you a little bit um but but the so it's ingrained in you right from the beginning as a kid and so like, it was always like, oh, yeah, when you go on a mission, when you go on a mission, where do you think you'll go on a mission? What do you want to do? What kind of, and like. Yeah, they um, always ask those things, like, where do you want, where do you hope you get called? Like, as if you have some choice. <laughs> yeah. Know, right? <laughs> or that, and like, it, I always thought that they really got called on a mission, like, from God. But then you find mm-hmm. out that literally it's just, like, an organization, like any other, <laughs> where it's like. Yep. All right, today we're got this group of missionaries. We're gonna send them here, here, and here. Like they're yeah. they're so special. There's, yeah. Yeah. The the prophet's not like sitting up in his little room and praying over every <laughs> like. Uh, no way. Well, that's what that's you. That's what they make you believe. Yeah. Yeah. They're like he. They designed this mission specifically for you, and then you have those opening of your mission call parties where people oh, are all no. gathered and like people uh, cry because you're going to. I don't know, Mexico, and they're just like, it was called from God. (laughs) (laughs) Or my favorite, though, I know it's so bad, but I love those ones that they're like, okay, everyone gather around. And they're like from Provo, and they get called to Provo. (laughs) 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 They're so disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, the reactions are like, yay. (laughs) Yay, it's so good. Well, I was, when I was at um, BYU-Idaho, there was a girl in my ward that got called to the Salt Lake Mission, this te- oh Temple God. Temple Square Mission. And she was like, uh, I've been there like several <laughs> times. And I was, she was like pretending to be excited. I could tell, you could tell on her face. She was yeah, just kind of like, uh, what? <laughs> oh, exciting. Woohoo. So, did you, you went on a mission, right? I did. I went to the exotic land of Florida, Tampa Mission. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was English speaking, so I wasn't even like super exotic, you know. But um, I got oh, to. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say, Katie yeah. and I have a mutual friend who also served in that mission. I believe. I wonder if there's a connection. I don't know what year, but oh. huh, we'll talk offline. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I went to. But before I went on my mission, I went to Utah State, and then because I graduated at 17, and then I was, um, Ooh, and I went to like institute and um, like, yeah, I did like Utah State because it wasn't it was churchy, but it wasn't like you have like everywhere like those like BYU ch- schools where it was like everybody's churchy, you know? Like right. I feel like there was a little bit of a balance there. Yeah. But, Can I ask um, a question? So you said you went to institute, and I I I never went to institute, but from what I've heard, it's a lot of focus on like teaching, obviously like the scriptures and all of that. But I feel like, especially in college, there's like the pressure to 
find your eternal companion. Oh, yeah. That stuff. Did you feel the pressure to date women even before your mission, or did you even oh, yeah. like attempt? I just. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, so. I dated um, a lot in high school. Like I had my group of friends. We'd always do always do double dates because you can't you be like alone with your um, with your woman. And I'm like, that's trust me, that's not a along. problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. The Holy Ghost is telling me not to be with this girl. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, well, in, when I was at Utah State, there was, and I, I kind of like, I used going on a mission as kind of like a crutch of like, I don't yeah. have to get serious with anybody because yeah. I'm going on a mission. And so it made me look even more like a Peter, Peter Priesthood because I was like, <laughs> oh, I can, I'm getting ready for my mission. So hold off, ladies. I know, like, I know you want this, but too bad for you. So sad. Yeah. I'm going on a mission. Two years to have to worry about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel like, Jake, if I had known you then, I would have had like the biggest crush and have been like, Damn it! He's just righteous, and he wants to He's unattainable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had so I guess I should. There was a girl in high school that was like obsessed with me, and she would. And I'm not to like toot my horn, but she was like, she kind of like. I used to call her my stalker because she would like call me like right when I got home from school, and she would like. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was ridiculous but um i went so to me the, everyone i'm admitting to <laughs> the truth comes out <laughs> her name was sarah little <laughs> <laughs> um but she um she would call me even when i was at utah state and i was like okay i had like a meltdown on her and i was just like you need to leave me leave me alone and like not a proud moment of my life but i just like i told her some things and she like we went back and forth for a while. Like she didn't talk to me for a while until after I got home from a mission and then she went on a mission and then she got back and then we became friends again somehow. Like we got into the same ward again and then um, she was trying to like be obsessed with me again. And I was like, Mm-mm. and then like, but by that time I was like, I'm pre- I know I'm gay. So like, I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with you. Like, and um, but I wasn't ready to like admit that to anybody, but I was just like, anyway. Um, but then I finally did come out to her later and she was like, wait, you're a gay, like you're a gay. And I was like, oh, what? My <laughs> yeah. God. yeah. Wow. And then she's like, oh, well it makes sense now. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, I just didn't like you. It's not you're like, also- like you were also kind of crazy. So yeah, I mean, like stop people. <laughs> exactly. It's not okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously that plays a huge part in me not being able to talk to you. But also, even if I wasn't, you're a bit nutter. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there, um, I so on my mission, I was like, I had a crush on my trainer, and like I remember him walking out. See, he played baseball and he was like had that like lean body and I was like oh my god this is how am I gonna do this? you know and I was like I can remember distinctly this one time I, so every time I, we got to talk, so um <laughs> oh man we're running out of time um I, I I was gonna say let's let's not cut it short just keep going we're good okay <laughs> we're all right good. <laughs> so um I was so when you're on a mission you have to like 
you have morning study and you have to read from the Book of Mormon for, it was like, I think an hour. I can't remember. It's been Sorry, I funny. just heard morning wood. Why am I so dirty? <laughs> Ew, Sarah. <laughs> Which I'm sure this you is a holy podcast. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm sure you missionaries had morning wood and morning study. Oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. In those garments, you know. <laughs> looking all <laughs> Ew. So <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, let's get into the mission thing because there's a lot. <laughs> I um so I was doing my morning study, not my morning wood. I was doing my morning study and um I was reading the Book of Mormon as one does on the mission. And um, he came out of the shower in just a towel. And I remember turning around because the sound, like the sound of the door opening, I turned around and I saw him like shirtless, like naked, except for the towel. And I was like, I quickly turned away. And I was like, oh my God. Because <laughs> he was gorgeous and like dripping still. And I was just like, oh, oh my God. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read the, read what's, and it came to, and it came, mm-hmm, it came to pass. It did, it came. You don't have to answer. If I'm ever asking questions that are too personal, you can just tell me to shut the fuck up. I am up. an open I, book of Mormon. Uh, <laughs> you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know before your mission that you were gay? Like, had you, it, like, realize or, you know, come to that decision or not decision, that's not what I'm trying to say, but did you realize? Like realization, yeah. Um, no. I mean, so I always, I guess that's another, so I would watch gay porn all the time as a kid, like, not kid, but as, like, um, like, I started masturbating i'm gonna be just open with y'all but the um i mean i'm i'm pretty open so you're good <laughs> <laughs> well i started masturbating in like fifth grade you know and so and then um, oh my god it's basically me too high five <laughs> hey twinsies <laughs> masturbation twinsies that's great <laughs> but you know <laughs> it's so weird because like i look back on it and the re- the thing that got me this is totally i don't think i've ever told anybody this Hello, world. Um, <laughs> so my mom had this, uh, she was an art person, like, she was into art. She was a humanities major, and she had this art book, and there was this book of, like, nudes, and I, that got me off as a kid. Like, that was the only thing, anyway, that was That's the only so thing I could. cute. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That is so sophisticated. And I know. I only use the the sophisticated stuff well, I did then not so much anymore but you know mine was um beast from beauty and the beast oh he's hot like (laughs) people are all about gaston gays are all about gaston for some reason like um excuse me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't see it and then but like the beast anyway so good Okay. Even so, after, even as a human, I'm like, okay. Right? That's what I mean. Yeah. When he like transforms, I mean, 12 year old right. Sarah was real happy. So, yeah. So it was 12 year old Jake. I don't know how old <laughs> I was. How old was I? I know. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do math. I think I was. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my word. <laughs> Sorry, Katie. Anyways, um, Katie's I like, can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, didn't do it for, great for y'all. <laughs> you don't have a, 
like a Disney crush, like a Disney prince crush. Eric oh, was also another one. Oh yeah, for me. Eric was Little Mermaid. Uh, I think that was probably my first realization that like something was different. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dark hair, blue eyes. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what were we talking about? Um, oh, Please. so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, before my mission. So I didn't really know. Like, I was just, um, I think, looking back on it, like, how did I not know? But, like, um, there was always, like, I think deep down I knew, because I would always watch gay porn, but it was always just because I was, like, I would, like, justify it, be like, I don't want to watch women in porn because that's degrading to women. I'll just watch Uh this one, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. And then... But then in my head, I'm like, you know, that's not why, you know, because like, and then, but I didn't even know what gay was really, honestly, because at the time, it's like, I kind of remember one of my friends, um, we were at at track practice and she was, we were just hanging out and she talked, she was like, did you know gay guys have sex like in the butt? And I was like, what? And she was like, "Um, yeah, they have like anal sex. And I was like, was what does that mean she explained it to me and then i was like oh and deep down i'm like oh that's interesting but then i was like ew <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to like put on all these fronts and like make these excuses mm-hmm. like oh yeah that's not that's not me that that's not sound anything cool. i would be yeah. into at all <laughs> um but the let's what was i saying um but like on my mission, like, I remember being, like, can't masturbate. I was, like, I got to be very, very good about not doing that. Like, I'm just going to stay away from it, you know. And so, and I did really well until, like, a year in. So, my trainer that I had a crush on, I was with him for four and a half months, which is unheard of for, like, a companionship. And so, um, like, usually it's, like, one or two transfers, which transfers are... I can't remember how much they are. Three, a week, a month and a half, and then you have, um, and then you get like a whole big sweep of changes throughout the mission, and then, um, and they call it a transfer, and then, so it's every month and a half, and I we were together for three transfers, so, um, that's a long time. Yeah, I got to know him really well, and um, we're like we're still really good friends, and um he's still looks good like i'm gonna say it but like he's i don't know um and we did like we baptized one guy his name is jeremy um and he actually ended up being like one of my only like i only baptized i say it's only but like a lot of you know you hear about like these south american missions where they baptize like hundreds at a time and i'm like i baptized like three people you know and so um i always felt kind of bad about that but then i was like but now i'm like "Hmm." Probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, now that you feel bad for baptizing three people. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> At least I don't have to. Um, but Jeremy was good. He was, um, he became a good friend of mine. And um, unfortunately, he, well, he did go on a mission. He actually went to Pocatello, Idaho mission, which is oh. the mission I lived in. <laughs> so that was interesting. And I got to see him as a missionary and like all this stuff. He was very like super into it. Like, he he went far and beyond what I ever did and taught him and everything. So, um, and I can remember, like, he was brought in by this um, a member family. Like, 
they moved from South Carolina down to, to Florida and they just like walked into church because they were his member family friends were inactive, but they wanted to get reactivated. And then um, he he wanted to join the church. Like he just basically came up to us like, hey, I want to join the church. And we're like, oh, OK. And so we started giving the discussions. And I can remember, though, it was a single mom. And then I think there were four kids, I want to say. And then Jeremy. And um, Jeremy was into the oldest girl. Like they were, they had dated a bit, but they were also just really good friends. And then he moved down with them. And then uh, let's see. So I can remember her, the mom talking to us during discussion and she was like, so what about the blacks and the priesthood? Like, why didn't that happen? Like, she just started asking us all these questions. She was like, why didn't they get the priest until the seventies? And then she was like, why, why can't I be sealed to my children as just me and not, why do I have to have a man? Why do I have a, have yeah. to have a man to be sealed to my children and have them with me forever? And I was like, wow. that was the first time that I'd ever been asked anything like that. So straightforward. And especially like I was expecting here I am like a, 19 year old kid i'm just like oh we just got a golden they called him a golden contact because he came to us and he wanted the church and blah 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 and so um i can remember like being just kind of stunned and my companion like answered the questions pretty well from what i remember but like that same bullshit of like i don't know like oh well now it's like yeah. the rote answers that they give well god didn't know the timing like he knew the timing would be wouldn't be right for the priesthood to be given to the blacks before the 70s and um there was some i don't remember what we answered with the the ceiling thing i think they were like he said something about the priesthood and how they needed the priesthood to be sealed and that kind of stuff and so it couldn't go to just a woman and just a woman and i'm like i remember just i still think about that like i like how problematic that all felt to me like I was just and that might have been honestly one of the first things where I was just like is this oh another point um when I was at the MTC the missionary training center for people that don't know um it's the where you go for uh training on your mission like you could you learn the discussions which now they don't do when I first started my mission we did like the memorized discussions so you had to like memorize these things six discussions by word word for word which was so annoying to me like you had to like and you had to pass them like you like in my mission you had to like pass them off to somebody who had already um done the discussions and passed it off so it was like kind of like this train such a bullshit and then (laughs) while i was in the mission the mtc they changed it to like you can say whatever you want, you know, you just have to like discover, cover the topics, you know, and we're, yeah. (laughs) And I was, I remember being like relieved because I hated having to memorize those, but we still had to like, when I got to the mission, we still had to memorize them. Then I got out to Florida and I was like, Oh, by the way, this is happening. Like they're going to come down with this. So I, I don't know how serious I want to be with like memorizing these things. And my companion was like, you got to memorize them still. I'm like, eh, good thing you're beautiful. Um, <laughs> so, Hi friends. So this interview with Jake actually ended up be going over two hours long. The time just flew by. So 
what we decided to do is to cut this into two parts. So I hate to keep you waiting, but it's worth it. Um, we're going to end here for this week, and then next week we'll finish it out with the second half of Jake's story. I'm sure you all are annoyed at me, but uh, I just thought this was better than having a two-hour-long episode. But a big thanks to Jake, and we'll be back next week so you can hear the rest of it. Bye!